Bella! Where the hell have you been, Loka? Hey everyone, I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about New Moon. Well, I do have one thing I wanted to say, and it's that I tried oat milk and I'm in love with it. You're a new woman. I feel like such a trendy bitch, honestly. I haven't tried a brand of any kind at the store. The only time I've had it is in a Dunkin' coffee, and it's the best coffee I've ever had in my life. This is groundbreaking. Talented, brilliant, incredible, amazing, show-stopping, spectacular, never the same, totally unique, completely not ever been done before, unafraid to reference or not reference, put it in a blender. And I'm so pleased for so many reasons. One is that it's a little sweet. And because of that, I am putting only a tiny bit of caramel in my coffee at this point, which I'm loving. I don't need any sugar or anything. I wasn't putting sugar in my coffee anyway, but I can basically drink it just with oat milk. I tried it the other day and I, I could drink it. It wasn't like as enjoyable as I want my iced coffee to be, but, and I'm also really happy because I can stop drinking as much dairy. Sorry. Someone just, I guess, knocked on the door, but it sounded like someone was breaking into the home. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, I just got so scared. <laughs> um, <laughs> spooky season. But I also was trying to, to not have so much dairy. So I'm glad that I can stop having cream in my coffee and I can switch to oat milk. I'm very pleased. And my other little thing, because no one else in my life can appreciate it except you, because I don't have anybody else that watches it, is that my office was paving the back and front parking lots. So we had to park this week in a satellite parking lot. And I swear to God, I felt like I was in the office. (laughs) I cannot believe you waited till now to tell me this. And it was talk of the office. Everybody was talking about how could you believe because we had no notice. We showed up and the parking lot was closed. And then we got an email that day that said they were paving and that for the next couple of days, we wouldn't be able to park in the, in the lot. So it was talk of the office. Could you believe that the parking lot was closed when we got here this morning? And then we had to park uh, across the street. And then my boss, we were talking and he had to go out for a meeting outside the office. And he said, I got to go get something from my car across the street. (laughs) This is what makes the office so good is that it is so firmly grounded in real life. Yep, I can attest. It happened and it's exactly how that episode went. These violent delights have violent ends and in their triumph die like fire and powder, which as they kiss, consume. When we were talking about Twilight last week, you said how when you watch New Moon, you can instantly see how much higher budget it is. Mm -hmm. And you're so right. You can tell instantly from the first frame that the studios got behind it and that it had become a phenomenon and the money was there, maybe, because it looked so much better. (laughs) So you said this was your least favorite of all of them, Correct. but but now I feel like maybe, maybe things have changed a little bit. Well, I definitely enjoyed it much more than I did when I read the books and saw the movies, but it's still my least favorite. 
because there's just not enough Edward. And Taylor Lautner is a terrible actor. <laughs> that was my, I feel for him because I read that they almost recast him because in the first one, he's much scrawnier. And then in the second one, he's supposed to buff up like Jacob does. And they weren't sure Taylor was going to be able to do it. And oh, well, he did. So they basically said, get with it or we're recasting. And he got with it. So he clearly wanted it really badly. And I feel for him, but he's just not a good actor. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Our Pats was really sliding by because I'm pretty sure that in those scenes with the Volturi, where they're holding him back while they're testing whether their powers work Mm -hmm. on Bella, that his abs are airbrushed on. I could be wrong, but I'm telling you, I was glancing at him in the background and I was like, "Ah, something doesn't feel right. (laughs) I don't want to jump right to the end, but I got to bring this up because you just said this. He looked terrible. He looks like he hadn't slept in day. I guess what well, that, that was, yeah. I I get that that's the point, but I feel like that they didn't lean too much into that. That he had been going through a thing with with Bella. It just seemed like a split second decision, not a longing depression that he was experiencing. And when I saw him, I thought, Edward, gotta clean you up a little. <laughs> So one of the things I wrote down is the scene where Carlisle is stitching Bella's arm up. Yeah. After she gets. I think I know what you're going to say, but continue. I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but it is such a mood. (laughs) The music playing in the background and the conversation that they're having. And then they do that overhead shot of like the bloody gauze on fire in the bowl. (laughs) I just really felt it. What I was going to say was, I don't know. There was a weird intimacy to that scene that that I Uh, felt a little uncomfortable by. She was holding his arm as he was, I don't know. It creeped me out a little. Sorry to instantly ruin the scene. (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I don't know. It just struck me. I mean, obviously I'm just reading too much into it. That's not the intention of the scene. Also, I don't know if if I just didn't remember this being the case or if I never made the connection, in which case I'm embarrassed. I didn't even realize that she was trying to draw a direct parallel between them and Romeo and Juliet. I didn't realize that till this time either. Didn't When it opened with the quote from Romeo and Juliet and then they're watching the movie in class, I was like, oh, that's like literally what happens in this yeah. in this book. I don't know if I knew it at one point and forgot or if it just hit me this time, but I didn't even realize until it opened with Romeo and Juliet. I definitely never connected it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I learned it for it's, the first time this it, time. It is painfully obvious. It's not it's, even it's one to one. It's not even it's not he even He may as subtle. well have been in Verona. It's not subtle. I don't know what, <laughs> but I did not know. Another thing that really struck me is when, I don't know why I'm laughing because it actually wasn't funny and it did, it did like touch me deeply. But when they're in the car after that, after her birthday party, he's driving her home mm-hmm. and she tells him the only solution is for him to change her. Mm-hmm. And he says, that's not a solution. That's a tragedy. Back to your point, 
is another nod to Romeo and Juliet. Absolutely. I loved that whole beginning more than I ever have. When she goes to school and and Alice invites her to over for her birthday and then the so room cute. the room they're in with all the candles looks so pretty. It has that movie effect that we talked about with Something's Gotta Give where it looks as though the room really is lit, being lit by the candles. Mm. It has such a pleasant mood. And then it was very exciting to have her dramatically open her finger with a paper cut and have the entire room explode with drama and action afterwards. I thought it was excellent. I loved it so much. <laughs> Wait, is New Moon good? I know. I think it might be a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> it all takes a downhill spin after that, though. Well, very quickly after he tells her it's not a solution, it's a tragedy, they get out of the truck in front of her house and she asks him to kiss her. Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever looked more miserable while asking to be kissed? <laughs> no. Nobody. I guess she was trying to portray that there's conflict, turmoil. Yeah. Right. And a little bit of, you know, an edge of fear because she, they don't know if he can do that and handle it without hurting her. Like, I get it. Yeah. But she just looks miserable. I remember reading this for the first time and getting to when he leaves and the pages being blank and just saying the month that was passing. It really hit. I remember it like it was yesterday. That is pretty intense. I remember the experience of reading it and thinking when I turned the page and saw another month, I was like, holy shit, how much time is going to go by? And then I think it's three months, right? Or two. I didn't I actually count. Five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So because by the time she tells Charlie that she's going to go shopping, yes. it's Valentine's Day. Yes. So I remember flipping the pages once I got to the second page, they were going because I was thinking, oh my God, how many are going to, how many, how many months are going to go by? It was something. I think the way that they portrayed that visually was really good. Yeah. Not too much going on on Bella, on Kristen Stewart's face. I would have loved a little more acting from her, but. But the way the camera panned around her and the changing of the seasons and everything outside. It was a really good visual representation of passage of time. Definitely. They almost didn't need, other than it being so pivotal from the book, they almost didn't need the months on the screen. They probably could have just gone round and round and not put the month. I love what Charlie says to her when she first starts hanging out with Jake and she seems happier and he's trying to suggest that maybe it's a better option for her, that maybe Jake would make her happier than Edward did. And that he tells her that, you know, sometimes... You got to learn to love what's good for you. You know what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? I was thinking about that as I watched this whole thing, not thinking about Charlie's line, which (laughs) does sum it up, but thinking about how if I had known this story as a young teenager, I would have wanted her to choose Edward. Yeah. And as an adult, I want her to choose Jacob. Because he actually is what's good for her. I weirdly am having a similar feeling. Oh, one of the notes I wrote down, I know that you're going to feel so deeply, even if it didn't occur to you until now. When she goes to the movies with Jacob and Mike, that whole part feels so much like real life when you're in high school and you go to the movies with your crush. 
A hundred percent. I definitely felt that watching it. It really brought Also, they nailed the look of that movie theater. The hallway and the stairs that they sit on. It is to a T. You're so right. And even the idea that after the movie's over that they would be... I mean, of course, they were waiting for their friend because he was sick. But even regardless, that they would be just sort of like sitting around on the stairs like that. Yeah. It's such a thing that you do when you're that age because you can't you don't you can't just get in your car and go to the next place. So you do just hang out randomly outside a movie theater or where a lot of times. Yeah, because you're usually I mean, they weren't usually you're waiting for someone to pick you up. Right. Because you can't go anywhere yourself. So you're it's a lot of waiting around with your friends, which totally felt that way. Also, I loved how awkward that date was. I loved the whole thing. I love I thought it was such a a teen moment. (laughs) How the both guys are sitting there with their hands poised for her to grab. Yes. And then afterward, when Jacob takes her hand while they're walking over to the stairs and the way she awkwardly pulls her hand out of that is feels so real to when you're a teenager. Yes. Also, when she's at the lunch table and Mike asks her and she frantically gets everybody else involved because she doesn't want to go to the movies with just Mike. I mean, it's it's an an action movie. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, Guns, adrenaline. It's my thing. Okay. We should get a bunch of people to go. Do you guys want to go see Face Bunch? She's trying to change the vibe of the situation. It's just (laughs) so good. (laughs) Also, one of my notes just says Face Punch. Like, really? (laughs) Face Punch? (laughs) They couldn't have came up with a better name. (laughs) Face Punch? I felt like Kristen was so uncomfortable even more so than she was through the rest of all of these movies so uncomfortable saying that how about face punch yeah especially the way she delivers it she is trying to remember it as she's saying it looks like it's just horrible so there's no way to deliver that with grace the engineering of them having jacob take his shirt off as many times as humanly possible was so cringy to see uh, when he tears his shirt off <laughs> to put that filthy shirt on her open head wound. I can't. I mean, that could only be a studio move for a teen movie. It is so horrific to think about the logistics of that. What's really disturbing is every time I saw him shirtless, it made me think of how at the time there were so many 55 year old moms who became crazed Taylor Lautner fans. Oh my God. Yeah. I can still hear the screams from when he ripped his shirt off at that. The theater lost their minds. That was my only note about the Jacob Bella stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Except it's a shame. I honestly think without rereading them, New Moon's probably one that suffers the most from book to movie because they really glossed over all of the stuff with Jacob and the people in his pack. They got so much story in the books. And I know there wasn't really a lot of time for them to show any of that, but just the one scene they had with, with Sam and the, and his wife. Yeah. When she has the scene of the dinner 
And it just felt so quick. The way that Jacob explained to Bella how she ended up with that scar on her face. Yeah. I think was not really communicated correctly because it sounded like he sort of said. Sam got angry. Lost it for a split second. And was standing too close. He'll never be able to take that back. Like somehow yeah. that it was her fault. It just yeah. came across very domestic violency, which I know is not, of course, like what that was. No, but they almost went out of their way to not care about being clear about it. Agreed. And just, I don't know, it felt poorly handled and rushed and bad. There was a lot in the book about those characters and there was nothing in the movie because we knew a lot about Sam and the other two that were his friends. Mm -hmm. We learned a lot about them. And the only scenes that we see them in in the movie are centered around Bella. Because there's a large portion of the book that is just Bella basically observing and learning all about Jacob. But it just felt so quick and bad. I wish they had spent a little more time or cut it completely. I wouldn't have it, uh, it, it one or the other. You don't want to put, throw it in and have it just be so obvious that they were trying to skip over it. Basically. I also think it's so rare that we have an opportunity to hear granted. It was written by Stephanie Myers or Meyer, yeah. whatever the hell, but it's so rare that we get the opportunity to explore native characters and like hear indigenous yeah storylines that this was a nice opportunity to to do that that they didn't yeah even if fictionalized right it's i don't know i just really it caught i caught it this time that it was really so we spent so much time with her and jake and the bikes and the mechanics and it was just the same scenes over and over that they could have spent a little more time with him already being a wolf her knowing because there was a big portion of the book that they just totally didn't put to film I'm sure that this has been discussed a million times over in the fandom, but when Edward thinks that Bella is dead, so he's going to go expose himself and that whole thing. Okay. Why can't he read Alice's mind to see in Alice's mind that Bella is not dead and she has a future? Uh, Well, I think he has to be close to her to read her mind, right? I don't think so. I didn't know he could read the mind anywhere. He could be wherever and just. Because when Alice comes back, didn't she say uh, Edward saw that you. Because she was because up until Alice going back to Bella, she was with Edward that whole time. The Collins were all together and Alice still had her visions. And while they were together, Edward saw in her mind or heard or thought or whatever that Alice had seen her jump off a cliff and. Isn't that what she explained? Yes. Yes. I'm just wondering, like, so then in the first one, when Alice is with Bella in Arizona and Edward, I think, is still in Washington at one point, mm-hmm. he can read her mind from there. Can't he? He can? I I think. What does he do that makes us know that? I don't remember, but I think it. 
You think that there is? Well, well, here's more touch. This conversation is touching on a huge note that I wrote down, which is that Stephanie Meyer and the films play real fast and real loose with these powers. You did say that. You did. They work when they want to work. They don't work when they don't want to work. And it's a very drastic manipulation of what is the rules. Also, the excuse, Alice, when they get to... um, What's the Italian city that you you said it? What's it called? Montepulciano. When they get there and Alice is like, Bella, you're the only one he can't see coming. If I go, he'll read my thoughts. He'll think I'm lying. He'll rush into it. I was like, what? Really? That's what we're going to say is the answer here? I mean, I get it. It's a teen movie, but come on. We could have we could have spent a tiny bit longer trying to come up with some realistic story points. I was also confused by the time difference. They left Washington at night <laughs> and then they arrived in Italy at like 11 10 or 11 a.m. I didn't go through it in deep detail, but just like surface calculation wise, that something doesn't add up there. I don't know. It takes nine or 10 hours to get to Italy. And you figure there's a a couple hours beforehand where you're trying to find a flight and all that. Yeah. And then the time it takes for you to drive from the airport in wherever you landed in Tuscany to this small town. Stephanie Meyer did not pay much attention. Figure it was 8 p.m. in Washington. At that point, it's like 5 a.m. in central Italy. Maybe I'm missing something. It's unclear. No, I don't think you missed anything. I think it is a lack of attention to detail is what we're seeing here. What I thought was absolutely hysterical is when Bella's getting in the car with Alice to leave and Jacob's trying to stop her. And he says, what about your dad? And she says, I'm 18. I'm legally free to go. I left a note. What teenager talks like that? It was purely for like legal purposes. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. But you're right. Well, because the part that does feel real teen or at least teen movie, but maybe this has always been for uh, for legal purposes and I've never caught it. When someone says, I'm 18 now, that is a quote from... 15,000 movies. But now I'm thinking maybe it always is to clarify that the character is 18. Whoa, you just opened up a door in my mind, baby. (laughs) I did not think about that at all. (laughs) Also, poor Jacob just gets left in the dust. Please, I have another note about Jacob. Begged him, begged him not to leave her. I'll run away with you tomorrow, except if Edward is going to kill himself and then. then all bets are off. I'm so angry with her. <laughs> but first I have to say that M- Michael Sheen is the best thing that ever happened to this franchise. He needs his own spinoff. I do have to hand it to her. Volturi are very cool, very scary, and a very good addition to these books. Yeah. The Volturi is awesome. Besides the fact that Dakota Fanning is doing some of the worst acting of her life. Well, there is some kind of spell happening over the whole thing where everyone's doing the worst acting <laughs> they've ever done in their whole entire lives. Like, I know you're not a huge <laughs> Dakota fan, but she's she's oh yeah pretty good. And yeah. in this, she's not. I have one final note, but it's after they leave Italy. So I don't know if you have anything else. Oh, this is just another nitpick that I can't mm-hmm. stand about Alice's powers. It really just bo- it bothered me then too. It's bothered me for years. 
she can see her jumping off the cliff and quote thinking she might have committed suicide but then all the time that's bit that she's just been walking around since then she doesn't know it just doesn't make any sense how does it work how far into the also i thought she saw the future not what's going on right now i don't understand why is there a delay we need answers okay make some consistency also on the powers i hated this line it really stuck out to me as the book the movie trying to pay homage to the book when they're at school at the very beginning and alice gives her the present and she says to jasper jasper no fair with the mood control thing (laughs) barf i hated that it was just a throw-in line that like see jasper's powers too we just don't know what they are because the movies do not care about jasper he has like one line in the entire thing yeah also how come alice couldn't see that bella was gonna get cut and nearly murdered at her birthday party that's what i'm saying it's when they want it to work is when she can see the future very stupid very annoying also do you think jacob purposely knew it was edward and didn't i mean i know he purposely didn't say anything to bella that it was edward talking on the phone but he knew it was him right i do think he knew it was him But I don't think in that moment it even crossed his mind that Bella wanted to talk to him. Like, I think he was too angry with him that he was like, Mm. how dare you even call? Like, he's planning a funeral and it's because of you. Not not, not directly, but it's because of a vampire. Like, that's why Harry died from the heart attack. Oh, that's 100% what it is. I couldn't tell how to read the scene because she seems to think it was intentional of him to keep the phone from I don't her, think it was I didn't read it that way either and I was curious how we were supposed to was it that he was doing something malicious because I really didn't feel that way when it was happening and so I I think you're 100% right I think he was just mad at them as a collective another way that I would like to stand up for Jacob is when Bella and Edward arrive back from Italy and they're in that scene where they're in the woods the three of them loved that scene Bella is talking about how I don't even remember how this plays out, even though I just watched it. But Bella (laughs) is saying something about how Edward is going to change her. She's going to become a vampire. I'm here to remind you about a key point in the treaty. I haven't forgotten. What key point? If any of them bites a human, the truce is over. But if I choose it, it has nothing to do with you. No. No, I won't let you. You're not going to be one of them, Bella. It's not up to you. You know what we'll do to you. I won't have a choice. Bella, please come. And Jacob is pissed and for a number of different reasons and also feels betrayed because I think, well, not I think, I know that he's been there for her through this whole period of time. And he has fallen deeply in love with her and, and feels like she's in love with him, too. Mm-hmm. And I think he's like a little bit blindsided. He's also angry. And plus he's not even really going to be able to have contact with her. And he thinks it's going to ruin her life. All this stuff. Yeah. All, all these concerns that are understandable. And what Bella does is walk up to him and get really close and manipulate him by saying. Jake. Bella is a shit. I'm sorry. That's not how you treat people that you love. 
Do I think it's possible that she loves both Edward and Jacob? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. So when she says, I love you, I, I don't doubt that that's sincere, but she's using it to manipulate him. And it is so beyond not okay. I 100% agree. She's horrible to him. She uses him so much. And while I was team Edward, when I read them, I always felt that Jacob was mistreated. I always felt that Bella was very cruel to him, especially through this. She was devastated and lost and begged for him to be in her life and be his best friend and all that. And then the second Edward walked back into town, she's like, bye, yep. Jacob. I'm going to be a Colin now. When, when it and was convenient. Yep. It's bullshit. And in my opinion, there was never any contact. I, it almost... I almost wished Stephanie had written a better love triangle for them because to me, the reason I could never be team Jacob, because I didn't even feel like there was a team Jacob. It doesn't seem like Bella wanted a team Jacob. I, even in Eclipse, which we'll get into next week, I feel there was never any doubt in my mind or in Bella's mind that Jacob was always number two. It was always behind Edward. There was never any doubt that she loved Edward the most. And it was only going to be if Edward said no, that she was going to be with. Jacob. Yes. And that is bullshit. Jacob deserved better. I a hundred percent agree. Do I think him imprinting on their baby is yeah, the do I think he got better? Probably not. <laughs> do I think he got better? No, <laughs> do I think? but he deserved it for a while there. <laughs> All right. My final note is that I truly and genuinely forgot that this ends with him saying, marry me, and then cuts to black. I screamed. (laughs) (laughs) I I totally forgot. I forgot he brings that up in this. And also, again, the theater, I could hear it still to this day. It was as if, I don't know, it was as if Robert Pattinson had walked into the theater. That was about the reaction. How much of a dream come true must that have been for Bella? I mean, holy mother of God, that's like... But no, it's not. Because remember, she doesn't want to get married. I That I do remember. But in that second, though, she's got to really be like, whoa, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I guess it probably does feel like he's finally choosing her fully. Yes. But then she's like, no, I don't want to get married. I'm, mm. Yeah. But she's annoying. Please. We'll get into that. But <laughs> but because it did feel in the beginning in Twilight and in the beginning of New Moon, that Bella really was chasing after him. And I really got that sense this time that it felt a little cringy that she was so desperate for him. And it didn't even seem like he liked her that much. <laughs> That's why when he says, uh, I don't remember when he says this to her. Oh, it was when she's arguing with him about changing into a vampire. You're not going to want me when I look like a grandmother. understand my feelings for you at all and i was like no i don't think she does (laughs) i don't could you give us a little more edward and honestly you're very stoic i don't know that we got the emotion i think in the books we get a much deeper sense of how 
much he cares about her. I agree because I remember reading it and thinking, wow, this is amazing. He's this is so a, this is a toxic bond made in heaven. <laughs> yup. Yup. But that's how I felt reading it. And I don't think they do a good job. I'm glad Robert has gotten better at acting since this. I think so. I haven't seen The Lighthouse, but people say it's some of the best acting he's ever done. I mean, where was the bar? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please share about it on stories and tag us so we can say hi. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Until next time.